Welcome back to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag hostess evil, coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation. Happy Zombie Jesus Day! <laughs> I mean, Happy Easter, of course. I hope all my listeners out there in podcast land are finding all those hidden eggs and biting the heads off of cute little chocolate bunnies and having wonderful fertility celebrations all over the world. <laughs> Well, before you all go into a peep-induced diabetic coma, we better get to tonight's main feature. Enjoy. Tonight, we are talking about Critters 2 from 1988. And no, you didn't miss the Critters 1 episode, because there isn't one. <laughs> Clearly, this movie was chosen for its Easter theme. I watched one other Easter-themed movie, but it was just not Reflections of Darkness material. In other words... I didn't want to work so hard to actually make it entertaining. Anyway, back to Critters 2. Now this is a New Line Cinema production, and every time I see that logo on the screen, I know it's going to be a good time. New Line Cinema is the company behind lots of horror classics. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Evil Dead, The Nightmare on Elm Street franchise from 1 to Freddy vs. Jason. And of course, Critters 1 through 4. <laughs> so let's start. The movie starts out, title card flashes up, and then it gets eaten away by little invisible critters. Very cute. The opening credits music is fun, and we find ourselves in a smoggy, drippy swamp. Possibly Dagobah. I don't know. Are we going to meet Yoda? Hmm. No. No, not Yoda, but one of our bounty hunters from the first movie. But they're wearing helmets, so we don't know if it's Ugg, a.k.a. Johnny Steele, Lee a.k.a. fake Charlie, or the real Charlie, who left with the alien bounty hunters at the end of the first movie. Well, they kill the gross creature that they were hunting and head back to their ship when they get a message from their bounty hunter boss that the Krites, a.k.a. Critter, situation on Earth has not been resolved. So I guess it's back to Earth. Cut to Earth! <laughs> and a shot of a dated bus heading towards Grover's Bend. Same town from the first movie. And who's on the bus? Of course, it's our main boy, Bradley Brown, heading to see his grandma for Easter. Aww. And the bus driver tells him a little story about aliens. You know what the band's famous for, don't you? What's that? Had your granny ever told you about those space porcupine things? No, 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 she never did. Bunch of folks here about think they came from one of those unidentified flying UFOs or some such. Some say those little boogers attacked one of the farms outside of town. Maybe a friend of your granny's, huh? The Browns? No. No, no, no. She, she doesn't. She didn't know any Browns. So this movie takes place two years after the first movie in real life and in the movie timeline. And they tell you that about a hundred times in this movie. Now we cut to some new characters. Wesley, the town bully slash loser, and Quigley, the quote-unquote antique stealer. More like junkyard attendant, but whatever. Anyway, Wesley has driven Quigley to the old brown farm to sell him some funky-looking eggs that he found in the barn. You see where this is going. <laughs> then we cut to the epitome of a small-town square with a big banner advertising the annual Grover's Bend Easter egg hunt. You know, I love how in horror-themed movies, 
they really drive home the holiday by showing you a banner of said holiday over and over and over again. It's pretty funny. You'll see it now in every horror movie, holiday-themed horror movie you watch. All right, so then we see someone parking a truck badly, and that person turns out to be Megan, and she runs into the newspaper office where we find our ex-police dispatcher, Sal, played by the frequent horror actress Lynn Shay, who is the little sister of the founder of New Line Cinema and why she is in a good number of their releases. Hello, nepotism. <laughs> it's okay, she's because she's great. We also meet the newspaper editor and Megan's father, Mr. Morgan. As they are talking about the paper, Sal sees Bradley get off the bus in the town square and has an idea. I got a stop for a story for you. Oh, what's that? Bus driver finds Grover's Bend? <laughs> Brad Brown is back in town. Bradley Brown? The boy who cried critter. We don't want to get scooped on this one, Mr. Morgan. Well, not much chance of that, Sal. We're the only paper in 80 miles. This is big news in Grover's Bend. Inquiring minds want to know. Like mine. Mm-hmm. Just forget it, Sal. That boy's story has nearly tore this town apart. Just let Grover's Bend forget about that night. I mean it, Sal. No. Brad Brown. Brad who? So Brad heads up to his Nana's house, which we find out is also the town's daycare center and is full of a bunch of rambunctious children making Easter crafts and eating paste and being all around huge reasons to wear protection. <laughs> Cut back to Wesley and Quigley. Quigley? Yes, Quigley unloading the quote-unquote Easter eggs at the uh, quote-unquote antique yard, and we get to meet the antique yard dog. Quigley! Get your stupid dog out of the way! Billy dog! Get in the back! Come on, get back! Come on! Get in the back! Come on, get in the back, you miserable son of a bitch! Go on! Just a dog. So's Cujo. <laughs> then Lin Shay, reporter deluxe, goes and talks to ex-Sheriff Harve, who's been retired and living in a trailer on the edge of town and who wants to forget about two years ago and the critters. What in the hell are you doing here? Important business. Brad Brown is back in town. Oh. Well, on the important chart, I'd put that right between a pineapple quiche and a pimple on the ass. I thought you would want to talk with them. You know about the critters and all. Why in the hell would I want to do a thing like that? If I never talk to anybody about them things that shall remain nameless, I'll die a happy man. And besides that, I ain't been sheriff of this burg for two glorious years. Now, why don't you run along home, Sal? Because they're about to start the bonus round. Then we get more with the bounty hunters, and we get a little more information on the face changing and why Lee can't seem to settle on one face. Say, uh, how come uh, you look like that rock and roll guy and uh, Lee's still a nothing face? Because this body fit, Lee stays a nothing face till he finds the right self. Can't live in the wrong self. 
And also, we get uh, info that Charlie is going to be staying with the bounty hunters and becoming one. Now we cut to the Hungry Heifer, which is, I guess, their local hamburger place. But every time you open the door, the door moves like a cow and they play their jingle on a loop in the store. That would drive me absolutely bonkers. But hey, it's funny. While we're in the Hungry Heifer, we see Wesley picking on Brad. And Megan drives up and saves the day like a knight in a shiny brown pickup truck. <laughs> and they have a little reunion while she drives him back to his Nana's. Thanks for the getaway. I'm Bradley Brown. Do I know you? Did we go to school together? I used to throw cherry bombs in the trash can. Are you a senior? Yep. <laughs> Ponytail and braces. And zits. You're Megan Morgan? Huh? Does your dad still run the newspaper? I'm a reporter there. Really? Kind of like a Jimmy Olsen with breasts. Cut to the junk, I mean the antique yard, where Nana has come to pick up the Easter eggs uh, that Quigley promised her. So she takes half of the bunch for $20. And the other half you see sitting there right next to a space heater. Bum, bum, bum. Then the junkyard guy finds all the eggs hatched. Let the hilarity ensue. Now he and his dog are critter food. Bye-bye, Quigley. Bye-bye, Cujo. <laughs> Yay, it's finally Easter Sunday. And we're at the church with all the blue-haired church ladies and the new town sheriff who's going to be dressed as the Easter Bunny. And they start hiding the Easter eggs for the hunt. And then they show the new sheriff putting on the Easter Bunny outfit and how he can't seem to zip up his fly so it's just hanging out in the open. My kind of Easter Bunny. Oh, this is great. The Easter Bunny with his tahatchapi hanging out. Give them kids a real education. So what happens? Of course, a gaggle of critters fly into his costume and now he's got lots of hairy balls in his pants. And then the pastor is giving his sermon and he's being all fire and brimstoney. And the bunny-suited sheriff flies through the plate grass window behind him, covered in bloody ragged holes where obviously the critters ate their way out. And the craziness ensues. <laughs> so Megan and Brad leave the church to go get the old sheriff in his trailer. But the sheriff has other ideas. We need you in town. Something awful's happened at the church. What are you doing here, boy? We think it might have been those creatures. What creatures would that be? It's true, Harv. You see them? Not exactly, but I have... Then don't be bringing me grief. You go tell the sheriff. The sheriff is dead! They got him up at the church. His stomach was eaten out. Some of the folks are trying to say it was some kind of farm machine accident, but it wasn't. You have to come with us, Harv. What are you doing? What does it look like I'm doing, Einstein? I'm doing what any intelligent, God-fearing Grover vendors would do. I'm hauling ass. You can't leave now. This town needs you. Yeah? This town voted me out in the landslide. This town can kiss my ass. I can't believe you're just going to run away. We need you, Harv. We need a sheriff. Go check the yellow page. Yay, the bounty hunters are finally back. And now one has massive tits 
after Charlie finds a playboy on the side of the road and Lee sees the picture of the playmate of the month and becomes her, we get a gratuitous boob shot, but it's funny. And the boobs are pretty good. Now we're at the antique barn again, and Lin Shay sees the critters, so Brad goes in to investigate, but when he opens the door, Quigley's torn up body just falls out on top of him, and the critters start to attack. And they all pile into Megan's truck, and they're attacking the truck and banging against it and denting the door. And one of the critters latches onto a tire and he starts to inflate like a balloon. And then as the truck goes, it just flattens him on the road. It's a very funny little scene. So they finally get back to Nana's, and Bradley became Captain Obvious. Nana, the critters are here. No shit, Bradley! Then the bounty hunters show up and blow one of the little critters into a goo spot on Nana's wall. She's going to hate that. And Charlie and Bradley reunite. Charlie! Brad. I can't believe it. Look at you all dressed up like one of them. Well, I am one of them. I'm a bounty hunter. Yeah, right. No, 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 I, I work with them. Are you still... Nah, nah. I don't need that anymore. You see, see, up in space, I am somebody. You see, I, I got a job and, and a meaning. So I, I guess it means you won't be staying long then, huh? Probably not. But, but see, Brad, I gotta go where the cosmic winds blow me. I, I gotta go where no man has gone before. Well. It's really good to have you back, Charlie. Even if it's just for a little while. Back in town at the local newspaper office, the editor finally sees a critter and believes the whole story that he's been denying for two years, putz. Over at the Hungry Heifer, the critters are having a good old time in the salad bar. Remember salad bars? Ugh, I guess we'll never see those again. Not that I went to a lot of salad bars, but whatever. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> then we get this really funny scene where the bounty hunters play shooting gallery with all the critters at the salad bar. One of them, they shoot, and his hair just flies right off his head, so he's bald. And then one falls in the fryer and gets all fried. <laughs> but soon the rest escape the hungry heifer, and they start to take over the town, rolling all over like big fuzzy tumbleweeds. Night falls, and everybody is holed up in the town church. Bounty hunter Lee, the one with the big tits, almost turns into a Freddy Krueger after seeing a Freddy Krueger cutout, which is, again, another nod to the New Line Cinema family. But Charlie stops her before we have a crossover. Then, sadly, female bounty hunter Lee is ambushed down an alley and eaten down to the bone. Ugg, her partner, finds Lee and freaks out and goes all clayface and starts sorting through all his faces that he's ever been, and he goes back to basic blank face. So now everybody is back in the church. Bounty hunters, everybody. Did you guys catch at the church one of the other little Nightmare on Elm Street nods with the little girl in the frilly yellow dress riding around on the red tricycle? I mean, who doesn't love an Easter egg? <laughs> Especially on Easter. <laughs> 
Then all the critters start heading off together and gathering in a field. They find a herd of cattle, and now they are all busy turning them into a bunch of bones. Back at the church, things are getting heated. Those things got the west road out of town blocked. We're never going to get past them. Same goes for the east. Listen, this is the safest place we can be. Now I say we stay here and wait the little bastards out. These things aren't going to leave. Mind your own business, boy. This is my business. These things don't give up. We have to fight them and we have to kill them. Seems mighty queer to me. Two years ago, when the critters first come, they come to the boy's house. Now the boy's back in town and the damn things are here too. Listen to me. I've been through this before. We have to fight these things. We don't include you. Now I ain't listening to no undersized kid from the big city. Or no town drunk. Or no no-face spaceman out of a flying saucer telling us how to run our own town. We didn't have this trouble till the boy came back. Let's not get hysterical here. That boy saved my little girl's life. This ain't no show of yours either, Morgan. I say the boy's bad news and shoes. You're right. What is this bullshit? Them man-eating dust mops got us roped up tighter than a blue ribbon bull, and all you folks can do is stand here and play kick the can with some punk kid. If we sit around here on our duffs, bitching, we're going to end up tomorrow's leftovers. Now, I don't too much relish that idea. I think it's time to fight back. We got to blow them up. Oh, come on, boy. No, no, I mean it. Go out in the field and see for yourselves. The critters are eating the cattle out there. It's just like Ugg said. They get together to feed. So let's put out the most outrageous banquet in the world for them. What do you got in mind, son? Polo burgers. Well, we'll get them into the hamburger factory, lock them in, and then blow them up. So who's going to lead this suicide mission? Well, it was, it was my idea. But I'm going to need some help. Well, I'm in. I'll go. Really? All right, you all just volunteer. Come on, you bunch of pussies. You got nothing to lose but your lives. So Brad has the bright idea to lead them to the hamburger factory that's also just right outside of town, to lock them in and blow them up while they're all inside. So the critters can smell the food from the factory, so they start to move towards the factory while the people are getting it all wired up with dynamite. Suddenly, the wind changes, and the critters can smell the people from town, and one of the little critters says, ooh, fresh meat, so they all stop and start to head that way. Then all of a sudden, the really big critter stops and goes, hey, cheeseburgers are better, no bones. So they all agree, and then they head towards the factory again. So they're all filing into the factory, and they start eating everything, everything, everything. And then, suddenly, the big critter stops as the rest of them file in, but he's on the outside. All of a sudden, it transforms, and it was Ugg the whole time. So they trap them in there, and they blow up what is possibly the largest employer of this town, but whatever. At least the critters are exploded, right? Right? <laughs> well, no. All of a sudden, you hear a rumbling, and bang, out rolls the giant critter ball. And it starts rolling towards town, and not just town, but where all the children are. Fun thing about this, anything it rolls over is immediately eaten down to the bones. So it rolls over one guy, and it's just bones. It's actually pretty funny. As the critter ball rolls towards the church, Charlie, who ran off earlier and everybody thought he was a coward, was actually going to the spaceship. And now he's bearing down on the giant critter ball. And it looks like any second he'll just shoot it with lasers, you know, like spaceships have. But no. Charlie kamikazes into the 
giant critter ball, killing them all. Well, now that the critters are gone, Ugg takes on Charlie's face because Charlie is a hero. And now it's Monday morning, and Brad is going back to KC. He never said if it was Missouri or Kansas, but whatever. I guess we'll never know. And guess who else is catching the bus? The sheriff. He's out of this crazy town. And all of a sudden, they look down the road, and here comes Charlie, the real one, with a parachute. So he's alive, and then there's another spaceship that comes down to grab the bounty hunter Ugg, and the real Charlie stays, and the bus driver from the beginning is confused. Hey, listen, uh, what just happened here? Why is you, partner? I'd roll this rig right out of town and not say nothing about none of this to nobody. As the bus is all ready to go, the sheriff leans out the window to throw Charlie the sheriff's badge. So apparently now he's the new sheriff. Even though I'm pretty sure you need to be elected to that position, but whatever, it's a movie. And that's the end of the critters. They're dead and the little town is safe. Well, that was our Easter presentation review of Critters 2 from 1988. It has been a long time since I watched this movie. But my favorite part is still the giant rolling ball of critters. Is this movie as good as the first one? No, but I do like a lot of the kills and the special effects are a little bit better. The first one seemed more set in a real town, where this one seemed more set at a back studio. But again, it was still pretty good. Maybe who knows one day I'll do Critters 1. But don't hold your breath. <laughs> so, Critters 2, for me, gets a... Uh, let's say a very nice seven out of 10 critter balls. As usual, you can send me any comments, questions, concerns, criticisms, suggestions, whatever, to any of my socials. And those are all over at evilqueensf.com. And yeah, I guess that's it. And as always, keep watching scary movies. Hungry heifer, we won't give you a good steer.